With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to find out everything you need to know to start your day. It's the WISN Morning Briefing. It is 5.05. This is the WISN Morning Briefing sponsored by Team Hoffman Remax. It is a Friday. We've made it through another week. September the 15th. Middle of another month, believe it or not. Clear skies, 64 degrees. Good morning, I'm Kent Herrera, and topping the news, there are still not enough Republican votes in the state Senate to pass a budget. Four Republican lawmakers remain steadfast in their opposition, leaving Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald one vote shy of the 17 he'll need to pass it. Senator Dewey Strobel of Saukville, one of the holdouts, and he says opponents are not trying to rewrite the whole bill. These things aren't out in left field. These are concepts we've discussed, we've talked about, and these are things, really good conservative reforms that should be in this budget to make it a better budget. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says opponents of the budget should bring their demands up as standalone items, not as part of the budget. The Senate votes today on the spending plan, and unless one of the four opponents changes his mind, it will not pass. The State Assembly, meanwhile, has given the final approval to the nearly $3 billion incentive package to lure electronics giant Foxconn to Wisconsin. That bill will make $2.8 billion available to Foxconn if it invests $10 billion in its new facility and hires 13,000 workers. More on the story now from Fox 6's Theo Keith. After six weeks of debate, Foxconn reaches the finish line. Four Democrats joined Republicans in voting yes. Milwaukee's Jason Fields was confident that Foxconn will provide jobs for black men from the central city. And if I get up here and don't take the opportunity to advocate and fight for African-American men, then what the hell am I doing? Most Democrats said it was a bad deal. $3 billion in cash payments from taxpayers if Foxconn builds its proposed plant and hires thousands of people. You know, this whole thing is rigged for Foxconn. It's rigged for Racine. Have you heard that word before? Guess what? It's still the truth. Not so, said Republican Speaker Robin Voss. What's rigged is this deal for the taxpayers, the workers, the families, the taxpayers of the state. Voss is from Racine County, now the most likely location for Foxconn's plant after Kenosha dropped out of the running this week. Supporters say as soon as Governor Scott Walker signs the bill, Foxconn will start shipping equipment from Asia to Wisconsin. In a parting shot toward critics, a West Bend Republican accused Milwaukee Democrats who voted no of not caring about people in the central city. In these neighborhoods, the neighborhoods with the largest poverty, I expect what will happen is that the residents will drive to Foxconn, turn back, and live in their neighborhood. The governor's not yet said when or where he will sign the bill, but the signature is certain. The director of Mitchell International has been fired. Reports indicate Ismael Bonilla has been under investigation for misconduct for allegedly using privileged information to financially benefit former co-workers. His firing announced in a written statement from County Executive Chris Abley. The Slenderman stabbing case close to going to the jury. The panel will be asked to decide whether 15-year-old Anissa Wire was mentally competent when she took part in the stabbing of a classmate in 2014. Fox 6's Myra Sanchez tells us on Thursday, three psychiatrists 
testified about her mental state. She believed in Slenderman. She believed that um, uh, she and, and uh, Morgan Geyser had a special understanding of uh, that uh, Slenderman was real, that they are compelled to act on the delusion. Uh, that's what makes it a disorder. The psychologist viewed Wire's video confession after the crime when she was 12 years old. I was scared because A, I would never see my family again. Three psychologists in all told jurors they diagnosed Denisa Wire as having a delusional disorder, moving from fantasy to delusion, believing in the fictional character Slenderman so much so that Wire and a friend, Morgan Geyser, stabbed a classmate 19 times, seriously injuring the victim. She knew the difference between right and wrong, but even so, she could not stop herself at the moment that mattered most because she was convinced that this character, who was a fantasy in our minds today, was not a fantasy, but was real in her mind, and that he would kill her, and that he would kill her family. On Friday, each side will get to present closing arguments to the jury. Then the jury will start deliberations, which will ultimately decide whether Wire had a mental disease or defect at the time of the crime. Reporting in Waukesha, Ibra Sanchez, Fox 6 News. The medical examiner says a Milwaukee woman who died of an overdose last month died because the heroin she purchased had been cut with a much more deadly drug, fentanyl. 31-year-old Kayla Bradley was pregnant and a mother of three when she died. Her parents are working now to tell Kayla's story to others so they realize the danger of what's out there. I know my daughter had her problems with the heroin. I don't think that she had any idea that it was being laced with that. The Milwaukee County Medical Examiner says there have been 101 fentanyl-related deaths in the county this year. In many cases, the victims had no idea the drug they were using had been cut with fentanyl. Police in Milwaukee and West Dallas investigating two reported cases of child enticement in one day. They've led to the arrest of a 59-year-old man. Fox 6's Ashley Sears updates the story. Police put out a warning. Neighbors say they are relieved by an arrest but remaining vigilant. No one ever expects a crime to happen near a place they call home. Having a daughter it scared me. But investigators say Wednesday evening near 88th and Greenfield in West Dallas, a suspicious man in a black Crown Victoria offered a 12-year-old child money for sex. The child ran away unharmed. It's scary. About an hour before that in Milwaukee, a similar incident. Police say a man tried luring a 12-year-old boy as he was on his way home from Manitoba Park. Investigators say the suspect stopped the boy near 60th in Oklahoma. But the child walked away and the man took off. Police in Elm Grove say one day prior, an 8-year-old boy reported two men in a black car approached him while he was on his bike. Police determined there wasn't a crime committed, but are now working with other departments to see whether the incidents are related. After a warning to the community, there is some relief Thursday after Milwaukee police arrest a man in connection to the cases. While some fear is alleviated, neighbors say they will remain on the lookout. Now, the 59-year-old suspect is in custody. West Dallas police confirm they are working with Milwaukee police to determine whether there are any other incidents. Reporting on the south side, Ashley Sears. Fox 16. And checking the Bryant Heating and Cooling Sports scoreboard, the Brewers open up a weekend series with the Marlins tonight. It will be at Miller Park, but the Marlins will play the role of the home team. This is the, the uh, series that was moved out of Miami because of the hurricane. 
And it was the Texans over the Bengals, 13-9 on Thursday Night Football. Still to come on the morning briefing, hurricane relief, tax reform, and immigration. All in all, it's been a pretty good week for the president, at least in the eyes of many Americans. That's just ahead. It's 12, or make it 5-13. Beginning your day with a solid base of information. This is the WISN Morning Briefing. And your morning briefing continues now at 5-17 with more news and comments on that news. It's been another pretty good week for President Trump. While conservatives may be upset, in fact are upset, with his decision to negotiate with Democrats on tax reform and immigration issues, the polls indicate the public believes he's on the right track as he tries to move his agenda forward. Two things to talk about here. First, the president's big push for tax reform is on, and some believe he may be ready to grant a kind of amnesty to the so-called dreamers. But the president says, no, no, it's not amnesty. We're going to work out something, but it won't be amnesty. Laura Ingram joined Sean Hannity last night to talk about both issues and about the president's sharpened political instincts that seem to be serving him pretty well these days. The wealthy Americans are not my priority. My priority are people in the middle class, and that's where we're giving the big tax reduction to. It's about the middle class and it's about jobs, and it's about bringing jobs back to the country, bringing back the companies back so that companies can get a reduction. Right now, we're paying the highest tax rate in the world. We want to bring that to around 15%. That would make us competitive with China and other countries. So my priority is bringing companies back, bringing money back into the country. There's trillions of dollars outside of our country that we could bring back, but the taxes don't allow it to happen. All right, that was the president earlier today talking about his tax plan while he was visiting Florida. Joining us now with Reaction Editor-in-Chief, Live Zet, Fox News contributor and nationally syndicated radio host, Laura Ingram. Um, I am a big supporter of the president's economic plan. I like the idea of middle-class cuts. I like the corporate 15% rate. But repatriation, I think he's right. Corporations, multinationals will build factories, manufacturing centers. That's going to help people that desperately need jobs that are in poverty out of food stamps. He did say about, he did say about the wealthy, they'll be the same or it might be a little higher. Reagan went from 70 to 28%. Is that an important component or does it not matter in terms of the economic growth that we want to see that will create millions of jobs? Look, I think the tap, tax simplification, tax reform, get it down. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Four rates. Get rid of a lot of the deductions except for the three core ones. Charitable, uh, home deduction, child care, tax credit. I think that's, that's good policy. I think taxes are too high. I think the tax, taxes are too high for everyone. Uh, but not everyone's going to get everything they want in this tax deal. That's clear. But unfortunately, Congress has kind of tied the president's hands a little bit because, of course, they didn't get the Obamacare repeal through, Sean. So, you know, we're, we, we don't have those savings that we thought would have before we went and embarked upon this tax reform. Uh, I think the president's yeah. right on those, those key issues. And I know immigration, you, you're talking about tonight as well, but wages are really an important part of this. 
And companies like to keep wages low, but we've had wages flat. We had a little uptick last month, but we've had wages flat since like 1999 mm. in real dollar terms. We've got to have a, put a squeeze on right. employment. Uh, scarcity of employment will raise wages. So we can't, be, we can't keep doing amnesties that bring more amnesties, that bring more people into the country that keep working class wages low either. So that's a critical part. That's why this amnesty thing is so important. I agree. I love every part of the plan. I also think energy, there's so many, there's millions of high paying career jobs for a lot of people, and that's going to be fundamental for a lot of people. Um, but Reagan, when he cut the, the top margin rate from 70 to 28%, the predictions were voodoo economics, but 20 million new jobs were created. Longest peacetime, period of peacetime oh, economic massive. growth in history. And revenues doubled to the federal government. And look, if he does everything else, I think that covers the economy. Um, what do you think about the, the battle that's been going back and forth? Schumer and Pelosi and the president saying, if we don't get the wall, we don't get any deal on anything. What is your general thought on what's been happening all day? Uh, I think the president was successful because he didn't listen to the very experts who are praising his move last night with Pelosi and Schumer. And I know there's been a lot of comments from the White House and the president tweeted out that it's not really amnesty. But I think he's, 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 he has great political instincts. And I think partly what happened is when he hears, oh, enhanced border security, he hasn't been a part of the amnesty fights that we've been part of, Sean, back in 2007, 2013. So he's not, he's not familiar with that lingo. He thinks when someone says enhanced border security, that really means something. But flying a few drones around along the border and promising, you know, promising more funding is a boondoggle that doesn't really mean anything. You need the RAISE Act, Tom Cotton's RAISE Act. You need the E-Verify. And you need the wall. You need all three things before you start giving legalization and uh, benefits to 800,000 people, plus you know their parents are going to stay. They're not going anywhere. It's really about 2 million, 2.2 million people. He did not win Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania by saying, we'll repair the fence in, in Arizona. And by the way, we're going to work with Nancy and Pelosi on taking care of the Do dreamers. Do you agree he with me that if he makes those concessions and he doesn't get the funding for the wall up front, he's never getting it? I don't think he'll ever it. get it if he never doesn't get it, it now. Never getting it. The wall, the RAISE Act, E-Verify has to be part of any deal. You're never going to have any uh, more leverage than you have right now. And if he says, look, I'm, I'm willing to hear you out on the dreamers. We're not, we're not sending, rounding up people with deportation forces. No one's arguing for that. But we're not going to make the same mistake we've made in years past. We're not going to, he's not going to stand up and argue for the same points that Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush argued for with the same language almost after they couldn't win their home state primary, Sean. They didn't win right, right. because they were arguing for much of the same language that the, a lot of the Trump advisors, I think, are saying, oh, it's okay, everyone will swallow the, the pill of amnesty because it's a cult right. of personality supporting you. People supported him for substantive reasons. On Thursday, the president and first lady traveled to Florida to meet with first responders and with the victims of Hurricane Irma. And this time, at least, no one was complaining about the First Lady's shoes or the President's hat, as liberals did when he visited Texas. This time, it was all business for the President and, surprisingly, many in the mainstream media. President Trump says the disaster from Hurricane Irma could have been much worse. The President was in southwest Florida today to get a first-hand look at damage from the second major hurricane to hit this country in two weeks. Senior correspondent Mike Tobin was there and has our story. 
President Trump lending a hand during a visit to the hard-hit Naples Estate trailer park today. Don't forget a sandwich. While promising the full support of the administration. We are there for you 100 uh, percent. I'll be back here numerous times. Thank you so much. God bless. Across town at another trailer park, folks there are hoping those promises come their way. They didn't say nothing to us. They didn't tell us nowhere to go. They just put the red tags on and they just left. Many trailers marked with red tags left by county officials notifying them that their homes have been and condemned. This is our home. So where are we going to be going? So far, they say the only aid they received came from the First Baptist Church and a local furniture store. Many parts of the state are still in need of the basics. Today, the Florida Department of Health urged residents to boil water in dozens of counties across the state. And two and a half million Floridians are still waiting for electricity. So your power is, I mean, literally, Rick, it's going on as we speak. Uh, it's going way ahead of schedule, weeks ahead of schedule. And much of it, most of it, I guess, outside of the Keys, where we have a very special problem, but we're working hard on that. In the Florida Keys, 75% of homes still without power, the highest in the state. And today, a Florida Power and Light official warned customers that the wait could last at least another week. We're now going into neighborhoods, and in some cases, going house by house. The last part of the restoration is the hardest part. It is very manual. It's very time-consuming. Some of those without electricity are society's most vulnerable. A day after eight patients of the rehabilitation center at Hollywood Hills died amid the loss of air conditioning inside the facility. I'm extremely upset. I mean, words, you know, I, there are no words. 64 nursing homes across the state are still without power. Prompting evacuations like here at the Williamsburg Landing Nursing Home, located north of Fort Lauderdale. Today, detectives on the scene at the Rehabilitation Center at Hollywood Hills executed a search warrant. We're looking into the temperature uh, inside of the facility, the staffing inside the facility, uh, and all of the conditions inside the facility uh, in the hours leading up to this situation. But overall, Trump saying that the death toll is unfortunate, but smaller than expectations. It was such a small number that nobody would have people thought thousands and thousands of people may have their lives ended. Things are improving. Florida Power and Light says power has been restored to all critical hospitals here in the state of Florida. At this staging area, power poles wait to be offloaded, replacing those that were snapped by the force of the storm. Little comfort to 124,000 customers here in Collier County, hoping that the visit of the president will speed things up and get the air turned back on. Brett. Mike Tobin live in Naples. Mike, thanks. And finally, Hillary Clinton, nine months after President Trump was inaugurated, still can't accept the results of the election. She says Donald Trump is a threat to the country. She said so in an interview on MSNBC. The former Democratic presidential hopeful said that Trump and the people around him are a clear and present danger to American democracy and the rule of law. She described Trump as someone who admires authoritarian leaders, saying he doesn't just admire President Vladimir Putin, he would like to be Putin. Where does she get off saying this stuff? Unbelievable. Much more still to come on the morning briefing, including the London subway system is hit by a terror attack this morning. We'll have that and more along with an update on your morning traffic. It's 528. It is 532. Here are some of the top national and international stories on the morning briefing. A suspected act of terror this morning in London. An explosive device went off on a commuter train. What we know, of course, is that uh, this explosion did happen in uh, 
the carriage of a district line train at uh, Parsons Green Station in West London. Uh, now, what we're told is it was a small explosion. Um, there are reports of people that have been injured uh, because of the understandable panic within that carriage and the haste to evacuate that train carriage and the station. Yeah, there are no reports of deaths, but at least 20 people were injured. That was Sky News correspondent Mark White reporting. North Korea firing off another missile. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson has the latest from the Pentagon. Three days after the U.N. leveled more sanctions on North Korea, the rogue communist regime responded, launching an intermediate-range ballistic missile over Japan for the second time in less than a month. The U.S. Pacific Command says the launch occurred around 6 p.m. Eastern Time Thursday. The North Korean missile flew 2,300 miles into the Pacific, putting Guam now in range. In response to North Korea's missile launch, South Korea fired a ballistic missile of its own, the same distance away as North Korea's launch site. At the Pentagon, Lucas Tomlinson, Fox News. Russia has kicked off its largest training exercise since the end of the Cold War. Fox's Amy Kellogg has that story. Russia and Belarus have kicked off military exercises, the biggest since the Cold War. They're called Zapad, which means West. These exercises take place every four years. But the situation has changed since the last ones. Russia annexed Crimea in 2014. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary voidware prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and it has fought in ukraine and syria and the Zapid 2017 exercises are happening right on NATO's borders. Skeptics wonder if there is something beyond defensive readiness going on. Russia and Belarus are allies. Both deny that this is about anything more than preparing themselves for the possibility of a terrorist or conventional attack on their territory. The exercises go on until September 20th. In London, Amy Kellogg, Fox News. A former top U.S. intelligence official has stepped down from a post at Harvard in the wake of a controversial hiring there, Fox's Grinnell Scott explains. Mike Morell left his post as a senior fellow at the Ivy League school once it was announced that Chelsea Manning would become a visiting fellow. Manning spent seven years in a military prison after being convicted of leaking classified documents to WikiLeaks. Morell, a former deputy director and acting director of the CIA, told the dean of Harvard's Kennedy School of Government that he could not stay at a place that honors a convicted felon. School officials say their intent is to have Manning at a limited number of events to spark discussion. Fox News reported Manning tweeted a one-word response to Morell's departure. Good. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. President Trump says there will not be amnesty and there will be a wall. Democrats say they reached an important agreement with the president on an immigration bill. Fox News Radio's Jared Halpern with more on that from Capitol Hill. Construction of a southern border wall may be out of a DACA fix intended to shield hundreds of thousands of young immigrants from deportation. But President Trump told reporters on Air Force One he's not backing down from his campaign pledge. You know, they cannot obstruct for a wall because we definitely need a wall. But getting funding for the wall will not be linked to a DREAM Act proposal, Democratic leaders say, after meeting with President Trump for dinner last night. Republican leaders say any agreement on a DACA fix will include additional border security.
On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. And President Trump talking about the situation in Florida after he took a tour of areas hit by Hurricane Irma. Mr. Trump speaking on Air Force One on Thursday. I think the governor's done a great job. I think the federal government working with state and local has really done a, a terrific job. The president handed out sandwiches at a mobile home park earlier in the day. Several million homes and businesses in Florida are still without power. Speaking of Hurricane Irma, the storm proved to be a record breaker for the Weather Channel. The Nielsen Company says an average of 3.29 million people tuned into the channel at any given point on Sunday as the storm was moving across Florida. In fact, the Weather Channel had 3.5 million viewers during primetime Sunday night. That compares to 205,000 on the same night just a year ago. Weather-wise, mostly sunny today, a little warmer with a high of 80, clear tonight, 68. Partly sunny tomorrow with a chance for showers tomorrow night. The high tomorrow, 84. The high Sunday, 78. Partly sunny, sunny rather, and again a chance for some showers. 64 degrees now at 537. And the state Senate is scheduled to vote today on the budget. But as Fox 6 political reporter Theo Keith explains, Republicans still don't have the votes to pass it. Speaker Robin Voss says the budget is over. When you strike a deal, you strike a deal, which is what we have already done. His assembly passed the budget Wednesday night, but in the Senate, Republicans don't have enough votes to do the same. One GOP senator is a firm no. Three others are holding out with a list of nine demands. They want to expand the income eligibility limits for private school vouchers, prohibit the UW system from spending money on diversity training, and repeal the state's prevailing wage law sooner. Senator Dewey Strobel of Sockville is one of the holdouts. These things aren't out in left field. These are concepts we've discussed, we've talked about, and these are things, really good conservative reforms that should be in this budget to make it a better budget. Voss compared it to a ransom list. He told the senators to bring the items up on their own, not as part of the budget. You have every opportunity to do that. You're elected. You don't have to hold the entire state hostage for your pet projects. With Senate Republicans unable to bring the budget forward, Senate Democrats can only watch united in opposition. The right and the far right don't really like what each other are doing right now. I think demonstrates again that this, this has been symptomatic of the whole summer. The spokesman for one of the Republican senators who's holding out says the list of demands could grow next week if there is no deal this weekend. If this drags on many more weeks, Republicans will be bumping up against a deadline to deliver state aid to school districts in October. From the Capitol, Theo Keith, Fox 6 News. Meanwhile, the state assembly has sent the Foxconn incentive bill to Governor Walker. The bill offers the electronics giant nearly $3 billion in incentives to open a huge manufacturing plant here and uh, that plant would employ up to 13,000 people. Four Democrats voted in favor of the bill, including Milwaukee Representative Jason Fields. 539 on the WISN Morning Briefing. Scott Dolphin in now with sports. It is brought to you this morning by Roto-Rooter. Good morning, Ken. It's Brewers and Marlins at Miller Park tonight, a series that was supposed to be played down in Miami. The Brewers will be the road team in this one. It's been shifted here because of the hurricane, the series uh, will uh, be a three-game set. Uh, tickets are still available at $10 a piece. You can get them at Brewers.com or show up at the stadium tonight. Elsewhere in, in baseball, the Indians refused to lose. Cleveland extended its American League record winning streak to 22 games with a 3-2 10-ending victory over the Royals last night. Francisco Lindor's RBI double tied it in the ninth, and then Jay Bruce doubled in the winning run in the 10th. The 1916 Giants hold the all-time record with 26 consecutive games without a loss. However, they did have a tie in that stretch. 
Cubs completed three-game sweep of the Mets with a 14-6 route at Wrigley Field. Jason Hayward homered and played at four runs for Chicago. They lead the Cardinals and Brewers by three games in the NL Central. The Brewers are actually a half game closer in the wild card. Colorado lost last night, so the Brewers sit two and a half back in that race. To football, Deshaun Watson is a winner in his first NFL start. The rookie had a 49-yard touchdown run, and the Texans beat the Bengals 13-9 in Cincinnati. The Bengals have failed to score a touchdown in their first two games on their way to an 0-2 start. The Packers, meanwhile, heading to Atlanta. They will be uh, down in the south taking on the Falcons in their brand-new stadium. That is a Sunday night football game, uh, so it's a 7:25 kick on Sunday evening down in the south. In college football, the Badgers are heading out west tomorrow. That's a 2.30 kickoff at BYU. The Cougars 1-2 and two on the season. Wisconsin ranked 10th is 2-0. and Pre-game starts at 10.30 on the Big 920 with kickoff again at 2.30 in the afternoon. And Mark Leishman is alone atop the leadership after the first round of the BMW Championship and the PGA Tour fired a 9-under 62 yesterday. From the Big 920 Sports Desk, I'm Scott Dolphin on News Talk 1130 WISN. And it is 541 on the WISN Morning Briefing. Still to come, Starbucks is accused by a feminist group of funding white supremacy. And that's not the only liberal madness to report to you today. As a Maryland city has decided illegal immigrants should have the right to vote, and it gives it to them. That's just ahead. Giving you all you need to know right now. This is the WISN Morning Briefing. And your morning briefing continues now at 546 with more news and comments on that news. The last company on earth that you would accuse of being conservative might be Starbucks. But now Starbucks is drawing fire from a feminist group that accuses it of funding white supremacy. Why? Well, because it sells its popular pumpkin spice lattes in Trump Tower in Midtown Manhattan. I know it's hard to believe, but look at what the left has already done that not long ago would have seemed impossible. Let's cover up statues of George Washington, tear down statues of Thomas Jefferson. Tucker Carlson takes up this new issue. Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes have become an American tradition for many. People guzzle tens of millions of them every year. Could it be, though, that they are racist? You probably hadn't thought of that, but you may not be a member of the feminist group Ultraviolet. They said in a tweet that, quote, that favorite fall drink of yours is funding rent payments to white supremacy. The claim is based on Starbucks franchises located in properties owned by the Trump administration. There's one in Trump Tower. Nell Gibbon Daly is a feminist and a psychotherapist, and she joins us tonight. So now I think of this show as not just a cable news show, but also a visual record of the times we're living in, the insanity of the Cultural Revolution now in progress in 2017. And this segment is going to be one that people 50 years from now watch with mouths agape. How can pumpkin spice latte be a white supremacist beverage? Fill me in as a non-feminist. I, I, I understand. I know this whole big pumpkin spice latte controversy. So this group, Ultraviolet, came out, which is a feminist organization, and said that they want people to boycott buying pumpkin spice lattes in branches that are located in retail locations that are in Trump Tower, um, essentially in Midtown Manhattan. Right. I mean, you know, you often hear people say the activist left is a bunch of silly, out-of-touch rich people, and this kind of gives them ammo for that argument. I mean, in a country with, you know, serious unemployment, massive drug problems, huge levels of consumer debt, here are the entitled feminists of ultraviolet getting mad at Starbucks. Do you kind of see why maybe this is almost like a stereotype? 
Well, this isn't a new um, this isn't a new controversy. Ever since Trump started running for president, there has been pressure for retailers to pull out of locations um, in Trump Tower. So it's not just Starbucks. Also, Nike has been pressured, and people have been urged not to support anything that is involved with the Trump brand. So the the issue. But wouldn't it just be easier to make an argument instead of punishing? I mean, I don't like Starbucks. I don't care what happens to Starbucks, but. They're not responsible for Trump's policies. They're just a retailer in a building with his name on it. I don't even know if he owns the building. Wouldn't it just be easier to make a straightforward argument against whatever policies Trump has that you don't like? Yeah, well, I mean, what's problematic about this um, for me, and I am a feminist, is that historically, when we put pressure on certain corporations, sometimes it does affect policy change. In this case, Starbucks does a ton. They do a ton. Everything from um, working with vets to the transgender community, they're considered a progressive company. And so to hurt their bottom line as a way to create policy change, and obviously it's a, a bit of a conundrum. Well, you know what's so interesting? When I hear companies described as progressive, whether they're yeah. Google or Apple or Uber or Starbucks, these are companies that really don't pay their employees very much. But liberals don't seem to care as long as they sign on to whatever fashionable rich person lefty cause is going on at the moment. Why is there never any pressure on these companies to pay their actual employees more? Well, that would I mean, seem look, like a pretty virtuous thing to do. Like, why not give them better health care, for example, or longer vacations? I never hear liberals say that. Why? I understand what you're saying. I mean, and that's a, that's a problem across all kinds of companies, whether they're progressive or not progressive. Um, and that becomes a minimum wage question. That's not necessarily that's not what minimum they're talking wage. about. You want to say, hey, Starbucks, you, know, you employ all these people. You know, why not pay them 20 bucks an hour if you're so progressive? <laughs> Instead of just, like, issuing some, you know, purple press release on transgender bathrooms. Like, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? I, you guys are rich. Why not do that? I, you ever I, occur to you? I, yeah, of course it occurs to me. I mean, there's a lot of problems uh, with our system the way it's run right now, Tucker. I mean, obviously. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like a get-out-of-liberalism-free card or something. It's hilarious. Anyway, now, thank you for coming on tonight. You want more liberal madness? The right to vote is one that American citizens rightfully cherish. But in one suburban D.C. community, College Park, Maryland, they've decided the right to vote should not be restricted to just American citizens. After all, come on. It should also be granted to illegal immigrants. Once again, Tucker Carlson takes on the issue in a debate with someone who supports allowing illegals to vote in all local elections. One of the most obvious privileges of citizenship is the right to vote. But in College Park, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., it's in Maryland, it's just another outdated tradition. College Park City Council just voted to give non-citizens the right to vote. And the new law does not just apply to legal permanent residents either. Even illegal immigrants can cast a ballot. Todd Larson is a resident of College Park. He's campaigned in support of this law, and he joins us tonight. Todd, thanks for coming up. Thank you for and having me. And I mean that, actually. We, we try to get a lot of people involved in the crafting of this law. You're mayor, um, and it was hard to get anyone. And so we're glad that you're here to represent uh, this side of it. This is one of these stories that seems remarkable, I think, to a lot of people, but also seems like the beginning of something new. And I think a lot of people suspect that all the publicity around protecting illegal immigrants is leading to this, letting them vote. So let me just ask you the obvious question, which is, if non-citizens can vote people here illegally, what's the point of being a citizen? Well, there's a lot of reasons that people want to be citizens in the United States, and a lot of people in College Park who are currently non-U.S. citizens are striving to be citizens. They're obtaining green cards, they're becoming citizens so that they can fully take part in our American democracy, which includes voting in federal elections. 
what College Park has done is allowed them to just uh, vote in the local elections only. So this is just municipal elections. This is just for the mayor and the city council about issues like trash collection, all the things that we all share together in College Park. The issues that really matter, though. I mean, I think those those issues are meaningful issues to people. I mean, of course they are. You know, local elections matter. Um, allowing illegal immigrants to vote dilutes, however, obviously, the voting power of citizens. I mean, it undermines the power of citizens, right? By definition, mathematically. I don't think that's a good way of looking at that. I think the better way to look at it is that all these folks are residents in the city of College Park. They're all contributing to the community. Many people own homes. They take part in local um, events. They are helping to fix up the community. Are those requirements for voting? No, they're not. But these are folks. Oh, so you don't actually know. I mean, so it doesn't. You're not saying you're saying some of them may be doing that, but some of them may not be doing it. The law is agnostic on that question. Absolutely. It's agnostic. But what we're seeing is that, you know, folks say, hey, these are my neighbors. These are people that I like. These are people that uh, contribute to the community in many ways. Why can't they vote? Like, what I if do. I'm I mean, the point of this, obviously, is that 80 percent of illegal immigrants support Democrats. This is a way of packing, obviously packing for the vote. But what if I'm a Republican who works in College Park and I commute there every day? I spend a ton of time in College Park. I'm not a resident of College Park legally. Why can't I vote? Because you have to be a resident of, of a municipality to vote there. You have to. What does that um, mean? If I'm a homeless, if I'm living on the sidewalk in College Park and I'm here illegally from Guatemala, you'll let me vote? No, you have to have an actual address in College Park. To so vote. the homeless are not allowed to vote in College Park. Is that what you're saying? Uh, currently under College Park law, no, you wouldn't be able to vote if you're literally without an address. But as long as you have an address, you're a resident of College Park, you can now register for the 2019 election and be able to vote. Well, that seems that kind doesn't... of discriminatory to me. Well, think, You're not letting American homeless people vote, but you are letting illegal aliens vote? Well, I think what we're looking at here is really that um, folks uh, put down roots in College Park. They're here to stay in College Park. They're contributing to College Park. We let... But how do you... None of those are but, voting requirements. But we I mean, let those local, are just, that's just propaganda. You're just saying they're great people. They're doing a great job. You don't know that. And the law doesn't require them to be any of those things. You're just saying anybody can vote as long as you're quote, a resident of College Park. Well, the issue here is if you look at it in terms of students, actually, if you declare your residency as College Park and you're only here for two years or four years, you can actually vote in College Park elections. But we have a lot of immigrants who've been here for 10, 20 years in College Park, but they can't vote because what they're not yet citizens. What does it mean citizens. to be an American then? I mean, the whole promise of, of citizenship is once you become a citizen, now you're an American and you get to determine what your government looks like. We have self-government here in contrast to many of the countries from which these people are coming. But you're erasing that distinction and now it doesn't really matter. Being an American has no advantage over being a citizen of another country. Well, there's a lot of privileges of being a citizen of the United States, not just in, local, in college, not just voting no, in college, a municipal election. I mean, well, that's vo- a very voting, minor is the, thing. Is, voting, of course, is the key privilege. It's not a minor thing. But this is about voting. You have to be a citizen to vote in a federal election. Okay, and that's we're talking about the town law. that you live in. Right. And that was affected by the vote last night to right. give illegals the vote. And by the way, there's no question you and I both know that within a year, Democrats nationally have been calling for illegals to vote because there are a ton of them and it would help them. So this is the beginning of a national debate on the subject. Let's be honest. But for right now, why does it help you at all to be an American in College Park? Why does an American, why does that citizenship have any meaningful upside in College Park? Well, let's be honest. This is not some slippery slope uh, to changing the way the United States is governed. This is actually something that's been going on in College Park for years and in Maryland for years. There are a number of municipalities who've been doing this for decades. And it's just a way to say in a municipal election that you are welcome here to vote. Whether you're for it or against it, let's be totally clear. 
this is an attempt to change the way America is governed. It indeed is changing the way America is governed, and maybe you're for that. Well, let's not pretend it's always been this way. It hasn't. Well, actually, for most of our country's history, non-U.S. citizens were allowed to vote all over the United States. That's not Inclu true. No, not for, for most for of our decades, history. That is for not true. decades, up until the 1920s, until there was an anti-immigrant backlash in this country, non-U.S. citizens so you were think, allowed just to vote. Just to be totally clear, you think non-citizens should be allowed to vote everywhere? No, my point is that that is the history of our country. No, but why and shouldn't they be? If, the if they can vote in College Park, why would, why would you be against it in other places? Because that's not what's at issue here. This is Because uh, you don't want to admit Park. it. Because this is part of a pretty radical program that most people would hate if they knew about, I think. I don't think most people would hate allowing local people to vote in local elections. And you have um, school right. board elections opening up to non-U.S. citizens all I've, over the country. I've, I've noticed. It's the beginning of a trend. Yeah, that's where it starts. Starts at the local level. And before you know it, We'll just throw up in the borders on Election Day for national elections, let the world come in, and vote for the President of the United States. Won't that be wonderful? 557 on the WIS. He'll be the President of the world, but only ruling the United States. Uh, we are just minutes away now from the Jay Weber Show. What do you think about that idea? Well, you know, we, we've seen these pushes from the left forever. We need 16-year-olds to vote. We need yeah. felons to vote any way they feel they can increase their advantage. It really is terrible how they're willing to give away the country in order to just get their wins. To have and this power. is another instance of that, That's yes. Right. That's uh, if you are not a citizen of this country, you shouldn't be voting in any election, even if, you're, if your citizen children are headed to uh, a public school every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, it is outrageous. On the show today, we're going to talk about to, uh, the Green Bay Grapevine, Mark Daniels, Packers versus Atlanta. Atlanta debuts a new stadium. Should be a fun game. I think it's unfair. What's that? That the Packers, two years in a row, have to open up a new stadium. <laughs> I don't like it. Last year it was the Vikings. This year it's the... It's the Falcons. Who's it going to be next year? I don't. I, I, I didn't think it was an issue. Uh, we'll talk about that hotspot uh, okay. with you. Yeah. Uh, Hill sources are saying Paul Ryan. I was. T I talked to several people yesterday. P sources I trust. I'm telling you, Ken. They tell me Paul Ryan was absolutely ready to insist on more border wall funding in this DACA bill uh -huh. until Trump rolled over to Pelosi. Uh -huh. They are not happy on the. Trump hill. keeps saying he's, he didn't roll over that there will be a wall. They they are not happy yeah. on the hill. So we'll talk about that. And Hillary is a typical Dem. She says we need to abolish the electoral college because she didn't win it. So. Oh, and she also says the Trump and his associates are a clear and present danger to American democracy. <laughs> she just has to go away. All that and more coming up. All right, sounds like another great program just minutes away. That wraps up this edition of the WISN Morning Briefing. Join me again on Monday for another hour of news and commentary. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.